0: Many new listeners. Thanks to Chappelle Gate. As usual, I'll do Chappelle on the back end of the podcast. I don't want this to turn into all Dave Chappelle all the time. I do like to start with late night and Donald Trump held a rally in Iowa on Saturday. Seth Meyers found the crowd lacking enthusiasm, saying you can tell Trump was waiting for a crowd reaction, too. I mean, look at him. It's like watching an open mic night at the senior center. Kimmel, Trump treated supporters to an hour and 43 minutes of bitching about the election he lost and how he didn't lose it and how he didn't concede because it was stolen from him and all that stupid nonsense that runs on a loop in his brain. Seth, wow, and I was worried about bringing audiences back. I never thought I'd say this, but maybe you should go into lockdown. You know, remote shows might be better for you. You could borrow my attic, Seth. Seth, I always loved the cutaways to sullen Trump fans just standing there in silence like tourists watching one of those gold statue guys in Times Square. Jimmy Kimmel joked if the Iowa rally wasn't his crowd, the protesters on January 6th were. Kimmel reported that Jonathan Carl's new Trump tell all betrayal details Trump's bragging about the size of the crowd that stormed the Capitol. Of course he was. Is there anything (laughs) this guy won't brag about? It's like bragging about the size of your tumor. It's not good. Size matters so much to him. It's almost if he's insecure about something. Someday he'll be looking up from the bowels of hell, elbowing his buddy Jeffrey Epstein saying, can you believe how many people are dancing on my grave right now? Great joke. Jim Gaffigan will return to Netflix for a new stand-up special. Which will air later this year. He'll tape it this week. October 15th and 16th. Check the calendar. That's two and three days from now. That'll be at the State Theater in Minneapolis. No date yet for the special. It'll be Gaffigan's ninth stand-up comedy special. And his sixth currently available on Netflix. The A.V. Club caught up with Richard Kind. Who spoke about John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Kine said it was Nick Curl, who I think was probably responsible for me getting the job in Big Mouth. I got to know him when I was at Paul Rudd's charity event in Kansas City. I happened to meet Nick that weekend. We got along great. I laughed and laughed with him. I just loved him. Then I got to know John Mulaney. He called me up, I think, out of the blue... And just thought I was great. He's a big musical theater fan, and he had seen me quite a few times and had heard me in musicals. Mulaney's just brilliant, so John knew me from musical theater, and now the two of them, Nick and John, were doing a show off-Broadway called Oh Hello. They asked me to be the opening night guest. It was a live show, and they had a guest celebrity every single night on Broadway. I got to be that, and then they asked me months again later when they took it to Broadway. It was thrilling. In my case, they knew me, and they gave me the role. Jim Norton talked about committing to comedy, and he said it was honestly the only thing I ever wanted to do. I wanted to be a lawyer at one point. I can't imagine Jim Norton lawyer. I know Jim pretty well. Huh. I wanted to be a lawyer at one point, but Princeton wouldn't accept me because I had dropped out of high school. So I said, you know what? I have no education. I'm driving a forklift, and this is really what I want to do. I left myself no backup plan on purpose because it forced me to be a good comic. I would have had no way to make a living. He spoke about Joan Rivers and other heroes. Norton said, I saw Joan Rivers at the cutting room here in New York. She was 80 at the time and she had note cards on stage on the floor. She was a barbarian for an hour. It was great. There was nothing off limits. She's one of the all time greats and she doesn't get the credit she deserves. Richard Pryor was my favorite comedian of all time. I imagine if he saw my act now, he would say, take my name out of your bio. He'd be slightly embarrassed that I love him so much, but he was the guy that made me want to do comedy. Jimmy Carr is out promoting this book. He spoke to the BBC. Jimmy Carr might be one of the UK's best-loved comedians, but he's also well aware that many people will most remember him for the controversy surrounding his tax affairs almost a decade ago. Carr said, If I wrote a biography and didn't mention the fact that I was publicly shamed with a tax scandal, I think readers would feel shortchanged, much like HMRC did. Good joke. The tax scandal is case in point. The 49-year-old hit the headlines in 2012 when he was found to have used a scheme which dramatically lowered the amount of tax he paid. It was legal, but a total PR disaster, which prompted the then-Prime Minister David Cameron to label Jimmy Carr's actions as morally wrong. Jimmy Carr admitted to a terrible error of judgment at the time and paid the money back. Today, he reflects that the best approach is to always handle your scandal. We should make t-shirts out of that. And talk about such things openly. Carr said, if you're going to get canceled, I recommend you get canceled for impropriety with tax avoidance. Because we cannot forgive what we cannot punish. It was very easy for me to say I was sorry and pay it back. And then it was done. He was roasted for his tax controversy by his co-stars on 8 Out of 10 Cats. Carr said, the thing that really helped me was that I was doing 8 Out of 10 Cats at the time. A topical comedy show. And the thing that saved me was Sean Locke. Sean was on the show. He saw me beforehand. Checked I was okay. And then roasted me for half an hour. He just destroyed. And was really funny and really light. And I got my arse handed to me. It just great. That's what friends are for. Look, you messed up. This needs to be dealt with. And then it's done. No judgment, no ill feeling. From The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix has suspended three employees, including a trans staffer who publicly spoke out against Dave Chappelle's recent special, The Closer. A source said that the employees, including engineer Tara Field, I for some reason lost my mind over the weekend, and quoted a lot of tweets from Tara and misspoke her last name. It is Tara Field, not what I said over the weekend. I apologize. But check out Sunday's episode for the tweets from Tara Field. A source says that the employees, including Tara, were suspended for attempting to join a quarterly meeting meant only for directors or vice presidents and not because of Field's tweets. A Netflix spokesperson said, It is absolutely untrue to say that we have suspended any employees for tweeting about this show. Our employees are encouraged to disagree openly, and we support their right to do so. Netflix co-CEO, how do you have a co-CEO? Ted Sarandos defended the comedian in a memo that was sent out on Friday and confirmed by The Hollywood Reporter. From the memo, Chappelle is one of the most popular stand-up comedians today, and we have a long-standing deal with him. As with our other talent, we work hard to support their creative freedom. Even though this means there will always be content on Netflix some people believe is harmful, like Cutie's 365 Days, 13 Reasons Why, or My Unorthodox Life. Several of you have asked where we draw the line on hate. We don't allow titles on Netflix that are designed to incite hate or violence, and we don't believe the closer crosses that line. I recognize, however, that distinguishing between commentary and harm is hard especially with stand-up comedy, which exists to push boundaries. Some people find the art of stand-up to be mean-spirited, but our members enjoy it, and it's an important part of our content offering. Glad released a statement about the memo and about the suspension of employees. Glad writes, Netflix has a policy that content designed to incite hate or violence is not allowed on the platform. But we all know that anti-LGBTQ content does exactly that. While Netflix is home to groundbreaking LGBTQ stories, now is the time for Netflix execs to listen to LGBTQ employees, industry leaders, and audiences, and commit to living up to their own standards. Ted Sarandos' memo ended with, These are hard and uncomfortable issues. We all bring different values and perspectives. So thank you for being part of the conversation, as it's important we're clear about our operating principles. And from comedy.co.uk, the National Comedy Awards have been launched by Channel 4, aiming to celebrate the UK's most brilliant comedy content and creators. The new awards are being seen by some as a replacement for the British Comedy Awards, which ran from 1990 to 2014. Channel 4 is linking the awards to its Stand Up to Cancer charity drive, with comedy fans encouraged to donate to help accelerate life-saving research. There are a lot of nominees here. I'm going to just really quickly pick at the list. Otherwise, we'd be here for half an hour. Best Comedy Entertainment Series. The nominees are 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, A League of Their Own, Alan Davies as yet untitled, Big Zoos, Big Eats, Celebrity Juice, Channel Hopping with John Richardson, Comedy Game Night, Frankie Boyle's New World Order. Guessable? Harry Hill's World of TV. Have I Got News for You. Hypothetical. Jonathan Ross Comedy Club. Late Night Mash. Mel Gideroyke. Unforgivable. Mock of the Week. Nevermind the Buzzcocks. QI. Rod Gilbert's Growing Pains. Robin Ramesh's V's, Sorry I Don't Know, Taskmaster, The Emily Attack Show, The Last Leg, The Latest Show with Mo Gilligan, The Nation, The Russell Howard Hour, The Stand-Up Sketch Show, There's Something About Movies, Trip Hazard, My Great British Adventure, and What I Lie to You. Hey Channel 4, that's way too many nominees. Now does everybody understand why I'm not going to read all the categories? I'll just skim here. Among the, I think the actual number is 16 billion nominees for Outstanding Male Comedy Entertainment Performance. There's a lot of names. I'll just do the ones that the American audience might be familiar with. Outstanding Male Comedy Entertainment Performance nominees include David Mitchell for Would I Lie to You, Frankie Boyle for Frankie Boyle's New World Order, James A. Caster for Hypothetical, Jimmy Carr for 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, Lee Mack for Would I Lie to You, Mo Gilligan for The Latest Show with Mo Gilligan, and Nish Kumar for Late Night MASH. Again, there was like another 15, 20 names there, and there are other categories... But really, we've had enough comedy for today, don't you think? That is your comedy news. Follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you like what I do, you can buy me a coffee. Throw five bucks in the tip jar at buymeacoffee.com slash dailycomedynews. Would love your thoughts on comedy. Hit the Facebook group, Facebook groups, Daily Comedy News podcast, and the Instagram is at Daily comedy News. Meet you back here tomorrow.